faithful preacher. The subject for tonight, as we continue our study in the life of the Apostle Paul. When we look at Paul, we see indeed a faithful preacher of the word. Verse 27, Paul says, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. There's the faithfulness of Paul's ministry. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. And Paul came to say farewell to the church in Ephesus he sent for the elders and he would address the elders verse 17 and from the leaders he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church now he called the elders because the elders have the spiritual oversight of that congregation than the any congregation. The word elder comes from the Greek word presbyteros, where we get our English word Presbyterian. So we see the church in Ephesus was a Presbyterian church. No doubt it was a free Presbyterian <laughs> church. It was a Presbyterian church. And I have, as I've already said, the elders has the spiritual oversight of those matters in a congregation. Paul refers to that in verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he had purchased with his own blood. He's addressing the elders. Over the which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers. The elder is held to a very high standard. Spiritual standard. Moral standard. You turn over to First Timothy. 1st Timothy chapter 3 there we have set out for us the standard for an elder 1st Timothy 3 verse 1 this is a true saying if a man desire the office of a bishop he desireth a good work the word bishop and also be rendered elder So there we, therefore we might read it if a man desire the office as an elder he desireth a good work a bishop or an elder then must be blameless the husband of one wife vigilant, sober of good behaviour given to hospitality up to teach, not given to wine no striker not greedy of filthy lucre a patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, 
having his children in subjection with all gravity. So you see an elder was held to a very high standard. As outlined there by the Apostle Paul. And Paul goes on to say that an elder must rule well and be respected and honoured by those in the congregation. Turn again to 1st Timothy. In this time, chapter 5. 1st Timothy 5. And verse 17. <coughs> Let the elders that rule well be kind and worthy of double honour especially they who labor in the word and doctrine and so the elder is to be respected is to be given is worthy of double honor we should always look up to our elders in our churches again they have the spiritual oversight they're to watch out for those in the congregation regarding how they live and how they behave they're worthy of double honour we notice also there in that verse 17 let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honour especially they who labour in the word and doctrine that would be the minister we talk about the session church session the church session is made up of the elders and the minister the minister is an elder and the minister and the elders together have the spiritual oversight of the church and we're told especially they who labor in the word and doctrine well the minister labors in the word and in doctrine and in so doing here the Apostle Paul calls for the elders of the church in Ephesus he wants to speak to them about his ministry over the period of time he was there it is estimated Paul ministered to the church in Ephesus for two and a half to three years and he's addressing them about that ministry and that's what we want to consider tonight in part because the whole chapter basically is taken up with Paul talking about his ministry <coughs> there in Ephesus and as we look at it we will see he was a faithful preacher he was a faithful minister of the gospel one is first of all to consider the manner of Paul's life the manner of Paul's life and reflecting upon his time spent ministering there in Ephesus Paul begins by speaking about his conduct his conduct look at verse 18 there Paul says in verse 18 and when they were come 
to him. He said unto them, Ye know from the first day I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. What manner as his conduct? Is he speaking about his conduct as a child of God and as a minister of the gospel? He was obviously very conscious of not doing something that would bring dishonor to the name of the Lord and the witness of the church there in Ephesus. So often a Christian's life, his manner, his behavior, his language, can often turn people away from Christ and away from being Christians. You've heard that the old say, well, if he thinks he's a Christian, look at the way he lives, look at the way he behaves. Listen to his language. That has happened so often. But Paul was very conscious of that, for he said, ye know from the first day I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. You know my conduct. You know how I have behaved. Paul lived such a life that he wanted others to see Christ in him. And seeing Christ in Paul, that would attract the ungodly to Christ. Turn to First Thessalonians, chapter one. First Thessalonians one, verse five. Paul says, "For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance." As ye know what manner, there it is, of men we were among you, among you for your sake, listen, and ye became followers of us and of the Lord. That's the life Paul lived. He lived such a life that people saw Christ in him and as a result they wanted to follow him and following Paul they were led to the Lord Jesus Christ they saw Christ in him his conduct spoke of Christ his conversation spoke of Christ his compassion for souls spoke of Christ. His care of the church there in Ephesus spoke of the Lord Jesus Christ. That was his manner of life. That was his conduct. That's what his conduct did. His manner of life and how he conducted himself before the eyes of others. 
but more importantly before the eyes of the Lord he tells us that that's how Christians ought to live Paul said in Philippians 2 verse 5 let this mind be in you which also which was also in Christ Jesus we're to have the mind of Christ undoubtedly Paul had that mind it was seen in how he conducted himself as well as his conduct we have also the confirmation as Paul addressed those elders notice what he said verse 18 ye know from the first day that I came into Asia after what manner I have been with you at all seasons he said ye know <coughs> ye know my manner of life ye know how I have conducted myself because you see Paul's life was an open book to those elders he had ministered there for the approximately three years his life was an open book and he called upon the elders to look into that book and they looked into that book and they could not raise one objection to how Paul conducted himself because Paul said ye know my manner among you and the elders are silent there's no response to that in other words the elders have nothing to say with regard to Paul's manner of life those elders having the spiritual oversight of the work and witness there in Ephesus would surely <coughs> if there hadn't been anything untoward in the life of Paul they would have noticed it but there was nothing there he said ye know ye know my manner of life and for Paul his manner of life his conduct was as important to him listen to this it was as important to him as the message that he preached Go over to Second Timothy. You see what I mean? Second Timothy chapter three. Second Timothy three verse ten. But thou hast fully known talking about his ministry now. But thou hast fully known my doctrine manner of life purpose faith long suffering charity patience persecutions afflictions which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra what persecutions I endured but out of them all the Lord delivered me you notice in everything that Paul did as a minister he included his manner of life as if Paul was saying 
My manner of life is as important to me as the doctrines I preach. Now what he said, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. And in the things that he taught and the things that he preached, the truths that he declared, he included in the midst of them his manner of life. That's how important it was to Paul. If Paul's manner of life had not been consistent with what he preached, he was wasting his time. Paul was very conscious of that. Likewise, if our manner of life is not consistent with our profession of faith, we don't have much of a testimony. We'll not see many souls won for Christ. Remember, Paul's manner of life led sinners to him and brought him to Christ. as well as his conduct and the confirmation the elders confirmed Paul's manner of life but they had no objection they didn't raise anything about his manner of life he said ye know my manner and so as well as his conduct and the confirmation we see that he was consistent Paul here speaks about verse 18 from the first day I came into Asia after what manner I have been with you at all seasons from the first day it is estimated as we've said Paul was there for two and a half to three years <coughs> and notice he said I have been with you so these elders saw Paul up close I have been with you. It's good to have elders, I tell you. Minister appreciates his elders. They work together, they labor together, they pray together, they share the burdens of the church together. They seek advice from each other and guidance good to have elders good to have godly elders I'm glad of the appointed two elders that we have very much so and here Paul talks about I have been with you and so they saw Paul up close they were able to see what he was when he first came among them and they could see that he was the same man he was the same man after three years he, was, he lived a consistent life he was the same man three years later teaching us that Paul was consistent consistent in his life not only as a Christian but as a minister of the gospel It shows not what Paul's testimony was. And Paul said, For to me to live is Christ. 
that's how we live for to me to live is Christ the Lord Jesus was his life no matter where he was or what company he was in he lived a consistent life also said what manner I have been with you at all seasons and so Paul was the same man at all seasons he was consistent he consistently lived for the Lord at all seasons remember what Paul told Timothy the instant in season out of season the word instant means be diligent be diligent in season and out of season he was telling his son in the faith to be consistent at all times no matter where you are no matter who you're with some of the best advertisements as it were for the Lord best witnesses for the Lord is for Christians to live a consistent life as we see it in Paul there were those who became followers of Paul and then became followers of Christ they were attracted to the Christ likeness of Paul what a testimony so we looked at his manner of life Paul's manner of life and then I want to look now at the ministry in Paul's life his ministry Paul was with the church at all seasons then he tells us that he was what he was doing serving the Lord with all his humility of mind he was with the elders he was with the church at all seasons and when he was with them at all seasons we're told serving the Lord with all humility of mind that's how he lived his life speaks to us first of all of his fervency his fervency Paul was a fervent servant of the Lord because no matter what he was doing he was with the elders at all seasons and in all seasons and all circumstances and situations Paul says he was serving the Lord isn't that something didn't matter what he was doing he served the Lord turn to Romans Romans chapter 12 Romans 12 now we read in verse 10 Paul's words be kindly affection one toward or one to another with brotherly love in honour preferring one another not slothful in business fervent in spirit 
serving the Lord there you are in other words Paul is saying whatever you're doing whatever your relationship is with others always be found serving the Lord though you don't have to be in the ministry to serve the Lord you don't have to be in the mission field to serve the Lord our manner of life will be seen as serving the Lord being conscious of how we live and that the way we live can speak to others and lead others to Christ that's serving the Lord and here Paul says be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love and honour preferring one to another not slothful in business fervent in spirit serving the Lord no matter what we do let us endeavour to be found serving the Lord he was serving the Lord though he wasn't serving self because he served the Lord with all humility of mind always humble if you're familiar with Acts and Paul's epistles to the various churches you would see the things that Paul did he could easily have exalted himself but he didn't he served the Lord with all humility of mind. He was a humble man. He didn't set out to exalt himself. He always set out to exalt the Lord. He was not a proud, arrogant, egotistical individual but was only ex interested in exalting Christ. Should nobody say it? that in all things he might have the preeminence he had a witness a testimony like John the Baptist remember what John, John said he must increase and I must decrease John 3 verse 30 the apostle Peter tells us that we are to be clothed with humility for God resisted the proud and gave grace to the humble. Clothed with humility. Humility is to be our everyday garment. Humility is to be our everyday clothing. That most certainly was the case with Paul. That's how he served the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears a faithful preacher indeed he was like the saviour we keep coming back to this the apostle Paul was like the Lord 
What do we read about him in Philippians 2 verse 8? And being found in fashion as a man, listen, he humbled himself. That's how Paul served. Those humility of mine and many tears. Christ found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and then became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Once again, he was like the Lord. And Paul's fervency is also seen in when he spoke about shedding many tears. In all humility of mind and many tears. No doubt those tears were shed over souls. No doubt those tears were shed when he stood with the sorrowing. No doubt those tears were shed when he stood beside the suffering. And once again, you see the Lord Jesus Christ there. You look at the Savior. Is the Savior known? Called the man of sorrow and acquainted with grief you look at the life of Christ the public ministry of Christ and you see Christ on his tears when he entered Gethsemane he went there to weep over souls strong crying and bitter tears didn't he weep with the sorrowing beside the tomb of Lazarus does not tell us Jesus wept. He stood on the Mount of Olives, looked across and saw the city of Jerusalem. And we're told he wept over the city. Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that killest the prophets and stonest them that were sent unto thee. How oft that I have gathered thee as a hand doth gather her chicks under her wings, and ye would not. He wept over souls. He wept over the sorrowing and the suffering. And oh dear Paul, how Christ-like thou art. Did the Lord make us more like him? We notice his fervency. We notice also his fearlessness. As he fervently served the Lord, Paul spoke about verse 19 temptations which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews. The word temptations is the word that means trials. The trials which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews. And of course Paul faced and endured many a trial at the hands of the unbelieving Jews. So much so they took to stoning him one day. People thought he was dead. Did that change his attitude? 
not at all then Paul Paul back not at all it was fearless look at verse 22 and now behold I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem not knowing the things that shall befall me there save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me but none of these things move me neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God look at those words the Holy Spirit told Paul revealed to Paul in saying the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city saying saying that bonds and afflictions abide me bonds that means imprisonments he'd be imprisoned and put in bonds or put in chains bonds afflictions abide me those two words abide me those two words mean wait for me so the Holy Spirit revealed to Paul wherever you go bonds and afflictions will await for you so he knew wherever he went he knew whatever city he entered wherever he would go he would either be afflicted or he would have to be put in prison but what did he say none of these things move me neither count I my life dear unto me these things were awaiting him as we go to the various cities to preach the word what courage what consecration what conviction the words none of these things move me <laughs> the word move the word move means to shake or tremble Paul says or he is told by the Holy Ghost bonds and afflictions awaited him in the various cities he would go to to preach the word but he says none of these things even make me tremble talk about courage you talk about fearlessness none of these things move me None of these things cause me to shake or cause me to tremble. Why was he so courageous? Well, he tells the Hebrew believers, Hebrews 13 and verse 6, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me that's faith alright that's trust in the Lord 
let us remember that when it comes to witnessing for the uns- to the unsaved telling others about their need of the Savior we're not going to be put in prison we're not going to be suffer affliction we're not going to be stoned or anything like that but here's Paul and he was told what would happen when he'll go and preach the gospel in these other cities and yet Paul says none of these things move me none of these things cause me to tremble no his fearlessness his fervency that brings him now to his faithfulness <coughs> who would not want to sit under the ministry of Paul look there in verse 20 Verse 20. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly from house to house. I've kept back nothing that is profitable unto you. Verse 27. There he says, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all counsel of God do you have his sincerity those who heard Paul preach profited from his preaching that's obvious they profited from what they had heard Paul preach because he held back nothing that was profitable unto them and those who sat under Paul's preaching they profited from sitting under his preaching how sad it is for those individuals today who go to their church and they listen to the minister and they can come away and say I didn't profit anything there Nothing was said that profited me. How sad it is. Go to their places of worship and they don't receive anything. It does them good. Nothing for their soul. Paul said, I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God oh sure Paul would have said things that would not have been palatable he had to tell them the truth if some in the church there in Ephesus were committing sin and open sin Paul would have to tell them and have to rebuke them they not like it but he's been faithful and all who sat under Paul's preaching heard him declare all the counsel of God he held nothing back how does it affect a people 
who are given all the counsel of God who have a preacher who preaches all the counsel of God how does it affect the people to hear that word well we're told there in 2nd Timothy the chapter 3 familiar words 2nd Timothy 3 verse 16 all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable all scripture all the counsel of God all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect truly furnished unto all good works that's the benefit of having all the counsel of God preached unto you profitable and those who heard Paul profitable from his worship or from his preaching is not what we want do we want to go to the Lord's house to our place of worship and after the meeting's over be able to say I greatly profited from what I heard today that word taught me that word led me on in the work of sanctification for we're sanctified by the word God's word is truth and so Paul in his faithfulness he was sincere not only did he have his sincerity we're told about his speech well we know in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 4 what Paul said about his speech Paul said my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and the power I didn't preach Paul says with the enticing words of man's wisdom so how did he preach how did he minister to the church there in Ephesus? Look at verse 20. <clears throat> How I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. So Paul's ministry taught the people look at verse 25 and now behold I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more now you put the two together Paul was a preacher Paul was a teacher so those who sat under Paul's ministry they heard a preacher but they were also taught they were taught as well that's important to be taught the things of the Lord and those who heard him 
profited from his preaching because his preaching taught the people. They learned from Paul's preaching. Again, Paul had a ministry like the Lord Jesus. Listen to this. Matthew 4, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Just like Christ, Paul's ministry was a ministry of teaching and preaching. That's what we want. Not what we desire. We want to learn from the word. Yes, it's all right listening to someone preach, but if there's no teaching in it, not going to profit anything. So we have considered then by Paul his manner of his life. We considered his ministry. Finally, we come to his message. The message in Paul's life, and certainly when it comes to his message, there would never be any doubt about what his message was. Never any doubt. So what did he say? That's the words of Paul behind me tonight. That was his message. For we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jew, the stumbling block. And unto the Greeks, foolishness. They still preach Christ. That was his message. Notice, regarding his message, his focus. His focus. Wherever Paul went, and to whom he preached, his focus was always the same. He preached Christ. Verse 21. Here he tells us that he preached repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. That was his focus. Always his focus. The Lord Jesus. Then we read in verse 24. The ministry I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Says Christ again. The message that the Lord gave them, Paul preached them. Preached the grace of God, the kingdom of God, the Christ of God. As well as his focus, we see his finishing. Look at verse 24. But none of those things, these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I may finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. I might finish my course 
Paul was saying, I want to finish my course preaching the gospel of the grace of God. Well, we know that's how he did finish his course. Second Timothy 4 and verse 7 I have fought a good fight. I have kept, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He finished his course well. That reminds me of the words of Charles Wesley. His only righteousness I show. His saving truth proclaim. Tis all my business here below to cry, Behold the Lamb. Happy with my latest breath, I may but gasp his name. Preach him to all and cry in death. Behold, behold the Lamb. That was Paul. A faithful minister of the gospel if ever there was one. And may we all learn from Paul endeavor to be as faithful as he was to his sin. That's bow in prayer. Lord dear Lord, we bless thee for the lives, the labors and witness and testimony of these mighty men of God. Lord, we thank thee how Paul lived for thee his manner of life his ministry and his message Lord work in our hearts that we also will have that manner of life that will attract others to the Saviour that we'll have that ministry consistent living for the Lord Lord may we have the same message focused on Christ tell others about him dear Lord we thank thee for being with us today and oh Lord be with us now as we leave the house of God grant us every mercy May we know thy presence with us throughout this week. Keep each one healthy and well and safe. And all the families represented here. Now in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide and remain with us now and forevermore. Amen.